man, we could go home, couldn't we? But we're not going to. Amen. I, Gerald, Gerald slipped up. He didn't say amen fast enough. And real man, we got steaks this week. All right. Let you know. I know the women are jealous. I hate it. Y'all need to redo your menus, okay? All I can tell you, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> I don't know. It's, get, it's getting kind of, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to get mobbed one of these weekends. I don't know. You know, they're, they're, they're liable to come and storm the place. I don't know. It could, be, get, could get ugly. But what a great day it's been so far. Amen. Hopefully I can put the icing on the cake because everything's been said kind of goes with what the Lord gave me. So, that's what I'm going to try to do anyway. 21 days of fasting, we just ended this last Thursday. It was a great time Wednesday night. If you missed out on prayer, we had a great time. I felt like good that many of you came. We had a wonderful time, just awesome time of worship. Appreciate all the effort from the praise team. But you know, one thing I didn't really cover much, or didn't cover at all really, was something that I want to talk about today just to kind of move us forward into what God's doing, not only for this year, I believe, but for this decade. Because the thing you don't understand often, if you don't really understand fasting, is there are often promises that are attributed to it. You go to, I started out talking about fasting with the idea that in Isaiah 58 that there was a fast that God said we should have. And throughout the Bible there's times that it talks about fasting. But Isaiah 58 specifically, that scripture within several verses gives promises for those who fast correctly, who seek God, who, who put Him first, who truly do what we've said during that time, and, I, and many of you participated in that. And this is what it says in Isaiah 58, verse 8, and then 58, verse 11. And I called it the promises of a fast. That's not the message title, but this is kind of the way I headed it up. It says, then your light will break out like the dawn, and your healing, your restoration, your new life will quickly spring forth. And your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity. Everything we've been talking about today. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Go to verse 11. And the Lord will continually guide you, and satisfy your soul in a scorched and dry and scorched and dry places. Give strength to your bones, and you'll be like a watered garden. It's like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. He starts out this verse telling us that our light would break forth. People would see Jesus in us. People that have been in obscurity, I believe, will rise up to a new place. That, that's what that says to me. He says that healing and restoration will come. Many times when we're fasting, that's what often we're fasting for is healing. But I tell you, restoration is part of the promises as well. And the Lord would surround us. He would watch over us. And He would lead us to peace and prosperity, which everybody wants, don't they? Don't, don't we want a life that's at peace and prosperous? Stacy gave giving the word, Suzanne giving the word, Pastor Chris, everybody, what they had to say with it, Brad even talking about, that it's part of what God wants to do in our lives. He goes on to say that he would guide us. Can I tell you, I prayed a lot about guidance during the fast. A lot about guidance of guiding the Hope Center and guiding 360 Hope and guiding Operation Hope. All the things we do because God wants to guide us and that he would take care of us. It also says that he would strengthen us 
and that we would be like a well-watered garden. You know what that means? When you go to the others, when you go to Psalm or often to yeah, in the Psalms he talks about things like that. Jeremiah talks about that in Jeremiah 17. It talks about what? That when he talks about that, it talks about flourishing. It talks about people that will flourish no matter what is going on. That even when the drought comes, even when the hard times come, even when the difficulties come, that if we have prayed and fasted and positioned ourselves with God correctly, not in a religious way, that's what we said, but in a way where we put Him first, then we have these promises we can hold on to. Promises. But there's one more promise. And that's really what I want to focus on. Because all these promises are for us individually, I would say. You know, they're, we could say they're corporately, but they're for us individually. But I can tell you there's one more promise that has, for several years, several years, has been in my heart. And I don't know how it's all going to play out. I believe over the next few weeks, God's going to show me so I can show you. Go to verse 12. Because then it takes it down to what's going to happen to Israel, which we are now as the church, and your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. And you will raise up and restore age-old foundations of buildings that have been laid waste. And you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets with dwellings. You can leave that up. You see, he doesn't just do the things to bless our lives, even what he was given Tyler as a word. Tyler has a very unique skill set. I saw that the day you helped us build those panels, you two guys. I, Gerald and I were talking about it. You dudes whipped it out. We got some panels we need to build over there, by the way, okay? I mean, what those guys were doing, man, not, not that I, it just came to me. That had to be the Lord. No. I've got the wood already and the screws too, okay? I've got the resources, all right? So when you guys get bored, huh? <laughs> but, you know, we don't always see those things. We don't always understand what God has placed inside of us he wants to use. We, we, we see ourselves many times if we're not somebody up here giving a word or we're not somebody speaking or, or we're not somebody who can sing or we're not somebody who can pray or we're not somebody who can usher or whatever, then, then we must not have much to offer. Can I tell you something? We just do this stuff in here. Out there is where all the real work takes place. Can I tell you, when you go out, out in the world and when you're out there living this thing out day by day, that's when it matters because that's where the people need to see a real Jesus. In church, you know, we can all do it. Out there, can I tell you where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? That's where, that's where everybody ain't saved. That's where folks ain't nice. That's where they up in your face and, and where things go to. I won't read the message version. I'm going to leave it alone. But I bring that verse up because that verse has been on my heart. And God had laid it on my heart multiple times. But I believe it's for such a time as this for us. And I'll talk more about that at a later moment. But I, I, it took me back. What it did, Chris, it took me back to what hope, where we're at today sitting in this building. That's what it really took me back to. Because, see, you don't, many people would walk in this building today, see it today, look at it today, and not understand where it came from. This building, when we took it over, was a building in ruins. The windows were busted out. 
this floor you're sitting on right down there about where Trish is sitting had so much oil paint that somebody had dumped on it and hardened. It had fire extinguishers sprayed off everywhere. The front that Gerald's done such an awesome job with buffing it out and everything had so much wax on it, we had to hire an industrial machine to come in to cut off layers. I'm talking, it, you couldn't even budget with anything. They, it took them a whole weekend to get off the layers of wax. Put up the pictures. And this isn't even pictures of Back then, that was the first service that we had. Do you remember it? Where you're sitting, that was the first. You see the line right there? That was the first service. There were probably 70 chairs. I don't know how many. And our barrels, which I took a lot of flack over. <laughs> There's just some people can't appreciate somebody with creative artistic ability. We had cardboard barrels. And we had paint, so guess what? And duct tape. And so you know what I said? We ain't got any money, but we got cardboard barrels, and we can paint, and I got duct tape. So that's what you're looking at up there with that red. This stage is this center part. It was from the beginning. Go to the next one. That's, that's actually... I'm trying to see which wall that is. I think that is actually this wall. No, I think that's this wall over here. That's this wall. Show the next one. The other one's the next wall. That's that wall. Can you see around the floor? This was the first service, guys. First service. You see how bad that looked? I'm glad you all showed up today. I think that was God. Here's what happened. We took the building in 1999. You know when we had the first service, DT? You don't have a clue, do you? Okay. I'm just pointing out something to y'all. I'm not beating him up. Because there's very few of us here that knows the day. You want the truth? I'd forgot exactly what day it was. The Holy Spirit reminded me. Guess what it was? It was seven years from tomorrow. You know what seven is in the Bible? Completion. Let me tell you something else. These folks sitting back here that I was pointing to, I won't point them out unless they want to be, because of them and their son who wanted to be an Eagle Scout. We went through the process of getting it from that to some of you remember when it was brown. And then we went from the process of that, which lasted for several years, about five, to painting the ceiling, because it was so bad, black last year. And the two wall, or that, yeah, that wall, was it both walls, Gerald, or just that wall? Just that wall and the ceiling. And then we came in this past Easter, and everything else you see was painted. And I bring that out because I believe now we've taken a building that in the beginning 
was in ruin. Nobody wanted it, let you know. Nobody wanted where we were at. Not a single soul wanted it. It said empty for six years. Windows busted out of it. No, nobody wanted it. And every part of it, for years, all we could do, because all we could see we could do, hear what I'm saying, all we could do because all we could see we could do was paint the offices and the stuff up front and the little back rooms because they were low. We couldn't see how we could take the building that needed to be updated and make it any better because it looked too difficult. We didn't have the money. We didn't have the ability. We didn't have anything we thought we needed. But my wife is quite persistent. And she has this theory. And she uses it regularly on me. You can do it. I know you can do it. You can do anything. I know you probably never heard that. But I just... And I'm looking at a 26-foot high ceiling. And we didn't even tackle what these guys tackled at 12 feet at that time. And I'm thinking, man, this looks like a lot of work. That's what I'm thinking. So I began looking at how we could do it. In the midst of it, we got the air in. So we had kind of a dry run on my idea, okay? Because if you don't know... It's awfully hard to paint these walls back here where they're at with everything here. So we brought in a, what was a 40-foot lift. And I had saw, because I grew up in the oil field, people put down wood and walk things across ground that wasn't solid. So I told the guys, I said, get you some three-quarter-inch plywood, and we will bring it in that door. We had like an inch on each side and an inch above it. And we brought that 15,000-pound piece of equipment, and they set it right here. And they put that up there, and then I knew I was in trouble because I had proved to her that we could do it. <laughs> and so we started. We started. We started doing something that, can I tell you, we had accepted for years. I appreciate your word because it really goes exactly with what I was talking about. She, in fact, I think, used that word. I've got it right here, too. You see, we often look at things, and they look so jacked up, so difficult. Our lives may look like such a mess that we accept it instead of putting forth the effort to make it happen. I'll be honest, when I walk in this building now, I'm proud of it. I couldn't say that many times. And these guys were a big part. You guys made the step. It was a process. And everything continues to be a process. How many of you know your life's a process? And often in our lives, we accept things at times because we just can't do anything about it. I guess I'll just have to live with it. And we allow what we see to determine our level of faith instead of what God says. Basically what you're saying. That's what we allow. And today God has said by her, now by me, stop accepting it. Stop accepting it by Pastor Chris. I think he's trying to get a point across today. 
Stop accepting it. We often say, I can't do anything about it, God. Can I tell you something? It's easy to make excuses. That's what I do. And honestly, my mind went to, it was too tall, it was too hard, and all we would do is end up having a mess. We could do part of it, but we couldn't do it right. I know how to paint, okay? I knew how to paint. I, I've done a lot of painting. But I knew how difficult the project was going to be. I also knew how expensive it was going to be. And I also knew that there was a risk that it was going to be a problem. But you know what? If you never start, you never finish. And if you just accept where you are as the way it is, you're never going to move past where you are. And too many people come to Jesus Christ and we stay right where we're at instead of moving past what God has for us to do. And we stay locked into that. And you, you perfectly said it as well, Pastor Chris. I believe that word wouldn't have been just for you. Because I believe many people lock themselves in that. But God says today, it's a time... We need to, it's a time we need to stop accepting. Because if God puts it in your heart, can I tell you something? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. But we have to apply our faith. You see, God's been rebuilding us a little at a time. Us as a church and us as individuals. You know why? I began thinking about it. You know, I'm so, I hate it took 13 years. I really do. But I don't think we could have done it any sooner. I think it would have been hard. Because this is a very, if you hired this out, you're talking about a lot of money. I know how much the paint costs. So and now I got a contractor price. This would have been probably at least minimum 30000 to have done. Maybe more than that. Maybe forty To do all of it. Maybe more than that, I don't know. Ceiling would have been at least 20. Because ceiling used to be white. Our lives are like that. God rebuilds us a little at a time, even though he says, I'm making you a new creation. Because often we can't stand it if God did it all at once. We couldn't take it. We would run. We would buck up. We would say it hurts too much. We would say there's no way possible. So God doesn't do it all. He brings us through the process. He moves us from faith to faith and glory to glory. He continues to reveal more of himself to us as we can more accept it. And we'll begin to, as we use it, then he'll show us more. Because guess what? Basically, if we're honest, many of our lives, even though we may look good on the outside, without Christ, we're just ruins. We're just... We're just run-down buildings. We're things that need to be rebuilt. We're places that need a complete makeover. That's really how our lives are without Christ. And I believe God's saying it's time to rebuild and restore some things that you have allowed to be taken from you. He also said this, stop letting what has happened to us become how our life has to be. And stop allowing where we are to determine where we can go. I know it's bad. I know it was bad. And I know bad things happen. But God gave me a dream during the fast. And I'm not much on that. And if he hadn't brought it back to my memory today, I wouldn't be sharing. Because when he brought me the dream, 
I thought, didn't mean much to me. But this morning, actually, he brought it back to me. And he revealed to me, I think, what it meant. I first thought it was because I was eating so much chicken, because I was eating chicken on the fast, because he showed me my grandpa's old hen house. I'm joking, I didn't think that. But he did. <laughs> Actually, he did show me that. My grandpa's old hen house, and as a child, can I tell you something? That was one of my most favorite things in the world to do was gather eggs. Anybody ever grew up on a farm know what I'm talking about? You know, it was like Christmas every day. You got to go out, and if the chickens laid eggs, or they usually laid every day, you got to pick them out. And as long as the snake wasn't down there with them, I was good. But you know, that's a whole other story. But you got to go in there, and you got to grab them eggs out of the nest, and you got to count them, put them in a basket, take them in the house. I just loved it. I don't know what it was. I loved it. I, I couldn't wait to go gather it. Well, God showed me in this dream, or in this dream, he had a few of you in there. I won't tell you who it is today, but he had a few of you in the dream with me. And I don't know how we got in the hen house, because if I remember right, the door was about that tall, and we were all standing inside. So I don't know how that works, but, but I remember this. I remember we were all looking at the hen house. And I remember we were all looking at it, and we were talking about rebuilding it. And we were talking about doing a remodel because it needed it because we were going to get more chickens. And when that happened, I remember us looking around at everything and all of a sudden I looked off to the left and I could see the floor. And the floor had boards missing and, and the floor had some boards thrown off to the side. And, and I got looking at that and I thought, well, you know what, we can just take them old boards and we can, I think, you know, anybody knows me knows I'm bad about this. We can take them, like in barrels, we can take them barrels, we can take them old boards, I think we can stick them back down. You know, yeah, they're a little rotten on one end, but I think we'd be all right. You know, they, they'll, they'll make do. And the longer I stood there, you know what I recognized, Morgan? He couldn't do that. God says you're going to have to take and throw those all away and start over. You're going to have to rebuild them. And when I got that dream dealing with rebuilding, it just got so clear to me what the Lord was saying in the fast. Because what I could see was, is that floor had to be ripped out. It had to be ripped out. And God had a word for you today that I think goes right along with everything that's been said. And this is what he says. He said, stop patching. He said, some of you have been patching your lives ever since you met Jesus. You've been trying to stick on something new onto something old, and you're wondering why you can't live in faith. And God says, it's a time to stop patching. You've got to rip some stuff out. They might be some friends that's got to be ripped away. There may be some old habits that's got to go. There may be some stuff that you've got to throw away once and for all, but stop patching it. You've been patching it the whole time. Oh, that's good enough. And you know what? It's good enough till you have another blow-up or another the breakdown or things go crazy and then what's what it ain't good enough no more and he said you got to stop patching the Bible does tell us in 2 Corinthians 5 7 if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation he's reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit and what does it say old things they've passed away 
Some of you got some old beliefs that need to go. Some of you have some the hangouts that need to go. Some of you may have some clothes that need to go. Amen. can't believe he's here I'm just telling you you can't patch it you can't patch the foundation of your life in Christ it won't work you can't keep a hold here's what's going on on one hand they got Jesus give me the other hand you got that one in your mouth and one hand they got <laughs> see we honest around here on one hand they got God and the other hand they got the world I don't know. I'm going to let y'all decide. <laughs> Think about it. I've done it. When I, was, when I was running from God, I did it. One foot in, one foot out. Trying to patch our life. Never fully ever thank you for being great examples. Whoever the world was, I don't know. You see, I'm, a ter I'm, I'm bad about that. And that's what we really did here in the building for years. And we used the excuse we couldn't do better. Anybody ever use that excuse? I just can't do no better. You know, I, I, I'm doing the best I can. You know what? He had not asked us to. He's asked us to die to who we were. The problem is we're more comfortable in who we were than who we're supposed to be. We're more comfortable with our old friends than we are with the new ones who are supposed to be helping us and walking in destiny. That's the problem. And we patch it. Oh, it'll hold a little while. I've done it. It got so clear to me today. I don't know if that's what he was trying to get through to me, but I can tell you one thing. In that dream, he sure showed me that's what I was trying to do. I was going to patch a floor. When he's saying it won't hold. It won't hold. You see, we got to get to the place where we begin to change not only how we act, but how we think. If our actions are ever going to change. What was good enough really isn't. We have to get our focus on how God would want us to live and then rebuild our life that way. You know, I thought about it. And I thought about on that ugly blue paint, it's a miracle that we didn't try to patch it, that we didn't try to touch it up to make it look better. Because when you looked at the floor, man, it looked, I didn't remember how bad it looked. It was a wake-up call to me. I'm ashamed to say it was that bad. But you know what? I had a good excuse. I had a good excuse. I couldn't do it. Now, I could. If you'd have saw me down there painting that, I could have done that. At least I had sense enough not to. Stop patching. It's just time. God has us at a place where he wants to use everybody, as far as I know, it's in the sound of my voice. He always has. But you'll never hold up without being sold out.
But the thing I love about God is this. Not only does he tell us to rebuild ruins that I believe are building, but I believe those ruins often represent our life. And if we let him, when we come to him and our life's been ruined, guess what? He'll rebuild it. He'll rebuild it. When it doesn't look like we got anything to offer, he'll rebuild it. When it doesn't look like we got it together or when we've messed up, he'll rebuild it. He'll rebuild it. It took us seven years to get to this place. You know what eight is in Christ? I love that I was reminded of all this. I knew it was the Holy Spirit at that point, Chris. New beginning. It's new beginnings. February 3rd, 2013. So I have to believe February 4th of 2020 is a day of new beginnings because we start our eighth year. I have to believe that, whatever that's going to look like. I believe there's some changes. I know there's some changes going to be made. There's some that's already being made this week because we're tired of patching. I know my wife's probably saying, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God did hear my prayer. Huh? You're in? Yeah. I ain't got no doubt she's in. All she's going to say is, I know you can do it. She's got a good answer. It's a very simple answer. I know you can do it. And then she'll just walk off until I make a decision she doesn't like, and then she'll come back and fix that one, right? Amen. Y'all been married. Y'all know how that game works, right? I'll put the shovel down now. best thing when she does that is just say, I'm sorry I was wrong. That's what. I don't try to get into decorating. It makes life easier, except when she's wrong and then I have to correct her. You know, that's the only time. What have you been patching? What have you been patching? You see, I believe that God didn't give me this mess message for any other reason but it's time it's time to stop it you and God's the only ones that know what that's going to be like but it's time to stop it I believe some of you come to hope looking like the building you're beat up you felt ruined you felt abandoned you felt useless and God has been building you back. And he's built you back to the point now where he says, stop patching. Stop patching. We're going to talk more about what rebuilding looks like uh, for us as a body next week. But I can tell you, I believe it has more to do with what our future looks like, with where we're going to go. But guess what? You can't rebuild it if you're not built yourself. And a lot of you, I can tell you, I will say many of us, I will just say that many of us have been going through the process so God can use us to rebuild some other things.
Pastor Debbie and I used to do a lot of marriage ministry years ago. You know why? Because we had a rough one for a long time. And we had to learn how to build one. And you know what? When you learn it in Jesus, it makes it a whole lot easier to teach others how to do it. And some of you got scars to show people of what you went through that other people need to hear about. There's some ruins out there that need to hear that. Some of you work with some of them. Some of you go to school with some of them. Some of you are in, in some places where some of them are at. They need to hear what your story's about. But you've got to quit patching your own life so you can walk this thing out. Stand with me today. I'm thankful we quit patching the building because it looks a lot better. It looks a lot better. And you know what the Bible tells us? First comes the natural and then comes the spiritual. So I don't believe it's any I don't believe it's any coincidence because I don't believe in coincidences in God. That now it's our time to be built. We've got done a whole lot to this. We've still got a few things we're trying to do. Obviously, anybody knows knows this building. This is what we do on Sunday morning. is just a little, very little bit this building gets used for. Our 360 Hope building was a building that was going to be completely abandoned, and I can assure you would have been at the time, it would have fell desolate. And we've been in rebuilding it. Still more to do. But we're not going to patch going to build it right. I don't mean it's got to be a Cadillac every time, but I do believe he's a God, as Stacy said, that's not of life. I believe you do the best you can, and we, for our, we have been very faithful stewards of what we gives us, to the best of our ability. We may not be perfect, but we've worked at it hard. And we've tried to take everything he gave us and do the best with it we could until we could do better. But sometimes I think we still settle. I don't want to settle anymore. I don't want you to settle anymore. I know you're not supposed to settle because the word of his gate. Bow your head. Father, I thank you today that in each one of our lives, Lord, you allow us to take and examine ourselves. And God, look at them and declare, Father, that we don't want to live a patched up life for you. We want a life that is new in Christ. We want a life that is strong in Christ. We want a life where our faith is in you. We want a life where we can walk and live with you. Today, I pray, Father, that every person that needs to rip out some old stuff, God, will begin to do that. And that they will begin to allow you to do the work that only you can do by your Holy Spirit. You see, Lord, I could pray and I will. But Lord, it comes down to a choice. Sometimes they've got to choose you over what they've been choosing. Sometimes they've got to choose not to answer the phone when they would have answered it. Sometimes they've got to choose not to go to the club when they would have been offered. Sometimes they've got to choose to stay home when someone's trying to get them to come over. Lord, whatever the choice is, God, let them keep their feet in you in Christ and get their feet out of the world and begin to allow you to rebuild them completely in you. 
totally renewed, totally restored, totally remade. Because, Lord, we got things to do. Father, I pray that as you continue to reveal and pull back, just as Susan said, with the veil being rent, you opened up the way for us to have access to the Father. So none of us are left out of anything. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we take that access and we grab a hold of it and we declare that you are our Heavenly Father, that you do love us, and that in the midst of it, Lord, that we will sell out to you once and for all. No longer settling, no longer giving in, but, Lord, allowing you to rebuild every part of our life that might be in ruins, that might have been built on faulty wood, that might have been built on faulty beliefs, might have been built on religion. As we walk with you, I believe, God, you're going to show us that promise fulfilled as we as a body not only build up our own lives, but go out of these doors to see a city and our communities rebuilt in you. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and for your presence that was here today. And I pray in Jesus' name you go with each one of us. Guide us, direct us, keep us even as we said the promises were. Lord, water us when we're dry and help us to keep our eyes on you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us and being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.